0: Good morning. We're going to be looking at short term missions this morning. And as I thought about short term missions, I thought one of the main things that, that can help us illustrate is the power of perspective. So, the verse Acts 8, chapter 4, those who have been scattered preached the word wherever they went. That verse may seem to be a strange verse to talk about short-term missions with. But in reality, if we look through chapter 8 of Acts, I think it gives us one of the first glimpses of short-term missions and the power of perspective. And just to give you an illustration of what I mean by perspective, there is a website called the Global Rich List. And I found that in an article, so I looked it up. And it gives you some of this real boring stuff like how much Elon Musk is worth, and various other famous people. But quite frankly, who cares about that? But it does have this really interesting feature where you can basically type in the number of people that live in your household and what your take-home pay is, and it'll give you a figure as to how you compare with the rest of the world as far as your wealth. And I found that very intriguing. For example, I typed in the figure of $16,500 which is working basically at around $7.90 an hour if you have a 40-hour work week, not counting overtime and all that. That's based on 2,080 hours a year. That you are still within the top 12.3% of the wealthiest people in the world. And that was really kind of eye-opening for me. So even if you double that, Income almost uh, figuring an income of 30000 per for a household, a household of one, which is still really making just a little over $14 an hour. You're in the top 5% of the wealthiest people when we look at this worldwide. In other words, you're richer than 95.3% of the world's population. And then if we take it further, 90,000 a year, which of course is a pretty good salary, you're in the top 2% of the wealthiest people in the world. And so that's what I'm talking about when perspective, because lots of times we may look at ourselves and think, well, we're we're really poor. Well, it depends on what you're comparing yourself to. And I realize these statistics don't take into account the cost of living and differences around the world. But it still gives us a real interesting viewpoint. And that's what I think short-term missions can do. So the definition I looked up in Webster Perspective basically says it's a specific point of view in understanding or judging things or events. And of course, that made sense to me because back when my kids were in 4-H, and you go to the fair and you take your horse or your whatever animal that you want to show in the fair, and the judge comes around the arena and tells you, He usually will then give you a little list after he's done his judging of what he's looking for so that in the future, if you want to continue to exhibit, you can try to make sure that you meet what his perspective is as far as whatever horse, cow, whatever it is that you happen to be showing. And so that's an important thing to understand. So if we want to look at the background, getting back to Acts chapter 4, verse 4, excuse me, Acts chapter 8, verse 4, The background when they talk about being scattered was persecution. A great persecution had arisen. We're told that in the very first verse of Acts chapter 8. And if you look back a little bit further, you'll find out that just prior to that, these seven people had been chosen to uh, help with the food distribution among the widows of the Christians because the people that weren't Jews seemed to be getting overlooked. So they selected these seven people. Stephen was one of them, and he was a powerful preacher, and did a lot of works of miracles and developed a lot of opposition and became the first Christian martyr. He was stoned to death, assuming we don't count Jesus as the first Christian martyr. And so after this, a great persecution broke out. Acts 8.3 talks about Saul. This, of course, before he became converted. He began... Desiring to destroy the church and he went from house to house dragging off men and women and putting them in prison So this is a situation that people were in when they were scattered and so they had a choice to make Because they could have been bitter. I'm sure they had friends or Family that they knew of that had been arrested dragged off into prison They basically had to leave like a refugee leaving all their possessions or most of their possessions behind and fleeing, going to different areas, moving out of their comfort zone. Or they could have the perspective of using this as an opportunity to preach the word. And that's what they did. They used it as an opportunity to preach the word. So when we look at this perspective and short-term missions, I've been on a few, and I don't pretend to be an expert. But in 1996, 1997, and 2004, a group of us from Riverside Friends went to a place in the Appalachia under the auspices of the Christian Appalachian Project. And it was basically a short term, one week. And the primary purpose was doing home repair or various physical type labors. But the people that were directing us were very good to point out to us, our main purpose here is not to do the wiring, to fix the roof, The main purpose here is to interact with people and let them understand that Jesus loves them. And again, in 2002, my family went to Mexico with another organization. And again, for me, my job was mainly doing a work project. But again, one of the directors that was there on a permanent basis, a long-term missionary, made sure that at the home we were working on, that he put together a meal with the family so that we could interact and share together. I've also been to Kenya, and part of that was a short-term mission product. Part of that was working with the Board of Friends United Meeting. But I want to go back to my very first short-term mission trip. It was in 1992. Diane and I and my son Nathan went to Kingston, Jamaica. And of course, you think of Jamaica, you think of the exotic ocean, the beaches, the sun, but Kingston's a little bit different. It was a very large city, well over a million people, and had a lot of resource problems, and at that particular time period in 1992, it was having a lot of problems with violence. In fact, the United States was encouraging their Peace Corps workers to leave, but we went there and stayed with Mike and Barb Brown, who were missionaries working at Worthington French Church. And my wife, Diane, was a nurse, and so she had a very defined purpose. Five days a week, she would go to this clinic that was on a slum area. Basically, people had built these shacks on what was a garbage dump area. And there was just one water source there. And so one of the things that Diane learned early on was things are different. And so people would come to this medical clinic where her and another nurse, Would provide medical care. And a doctor would come once a day, five days a week, but only for a certain number of time period. So when the mothers would come in for their examinations, they would have this sheet covering the examination table. But because of the limited resources, you didn't just get a new sheet when a new patient came in, you turned it. And then after that patient, you flipped it over. And then you turned it again. So you may use the same sheet for four different patients. And, of course, in this area, it was a very dry time of the year, so there was a water shortage issue. And so they did have a mop bucket, but a lot of the children that would be their parents didn't have any uh, diapers or things on. And so when a little child needs to go to the bathroom, they just go, obviously. And so you'd have this puddle of urine on the floor. And the procedure then was the parent would simply go to this mop bucket, which didn't have any water in it, but it had a mop. And you would go, and they would go and mop up. The urine and then put the bucket the mop back into the mop bucket without which didn't contain any water nathan spent a lot of his time in an orphanage which was kind of overwhelming for him because he was white and everyone else was black and they had not seen a lot of white youth at the orphanage my job was pretty undefined i didn't have any skills that anyone particularly wanted so I was kind of floating. They sent me to a location to help a Peace Corps worker, but he didn't really have anything for me to do. So he kind of came up with this grand idea. He took me out to where all these bamboo things were and wanted me to kind of outline a sidewalk on this dirt so that maybe grass would grow there eventually, which to me seemed like a total waste of time. There was no water. How are you going to grow grass? And people are not going to have any trouble stepping over these little bamboo things that are cut in half that I'm staking to the ground to make it look kind of like a pathway to take the shortest way into the clinic. But again, that's what my job was for a couple of days. And that's the other thing I learned about perspective because the second day that I went there, I didn't get to do any work because the people in this government office were very offended that this American Peace Corps worker did not take me around and introduce me to every office and every office head in this government building because that was the protocol. That's just what you had to do. And so that's what happened on the second day. And the Peace Corps worker must have been frustrated because he didn't invite me back. (laughs) I don't know what happened there. So the rest of the time, I basically worked in the church at Worthington Friends. But one of the things I learned was that was a very difficult time for me. We were there for four weeks. But I didn't seem to have a sense of purpose. And I didn't realize until that trip how much of my self-worth, how much of my value was caught up in what I do. And I didn't really have any defined thing that I was doing. The other thing that in that ship that was really hard for me was it's the first time I've come across begging, because they had children that would come up to you and beg for money. And the missionaries that we were with were very firm and told us, no, you don't give money to people that are begging. And they explained that a lot of these children are being exploited by adults. take all the money that the children get. But when you're driving down the street, of course I wasn't driving, I was riding the car, people would come out in this busy street whenever you stop and start washing your window. And of course they wanted you to give them them money. And that was just a very difficult environment for me to be in because I, I was totally out of my comfort zone. Didn't really feel I had any real purpose there. But I did learn a lot. I learned a lot about myself. I learned a lot about the main value of short-term missions being the perspective that you can get. It's not so much what, what we can do for them. It's what we can learn and do together. And as Robert shared last week, when we were looking at the entire overview of God's purpose in creation and our value not being created in, our tied into what we do, but it's because we're created in the image of God. And so part of what, I learned through these different short term missions is to start seeing a world without borders. We have all these artificial borders that we've developed and I understand there's good political reasons for that. But to see that God doesn't have those borders and that we can be taken out of our comfort zone. Which brings us back to Acts chapter 8 and the story of Philip. Philip was one of the seven people that was chosen by the Church to distribute food before the persecution started. And after the persecution, he ended up in Samaria going to various cities. And he was a very effective preacher. And he did a lot of miracles. He cast out demons. He healed the sick. And it's recorded in Acts chapter 8 when we're looking from verses 4 through 40. How about there's great joy in the city where he's at? In fact, there was even this person they called Simon the sorcerer who had amazed the people with his magic. Who became a believer and started following philip wherever he went and he was totally amazed by philip and the miracles and then we have peter and john which i would describe as short-term missionaries they saw what was going on or heard about what was going on in samaria so they went down to assist and it's kind of interesting they went there and they prayed for the people to receive the holy spirit because up to this point people were just getting baptized in the name of jesus and they wanted them also to receive the gift of the holy spirit and the power that comes through that to be able to witness and the interesting thing is this is in samaria again and if we go back in time a little bit to when jesus was still walking the earth james and john the two brothers were with jesus in a samaritan village where they didn't receive jesus they were quite rude because they knew he was going to Jerusalem. And their response at that time is recorded in Luke 9, chapter 9, verse 54. Ask Jesus, well, should we call down fire from heaven to consume these people? And if you've seen The Chosen, I think they did a nice job of how Jesus handled them with that. Jesus takes them aside, and of course this is in the movie, not in the, in the scripture, so there could be some embellishment here. And he says to them, You want to destroy these people with fire, just because they've been rude to you? You know, that's not what my kingdom's about. And then James and John look kind of sheepish and just say, uh, well, since you put it that way, I guess not. But they came, and they stayed for a while. They helped with this evangelism, and then they returned to Jerusalem. Philip then leaves as well, because uh, Lord tells him to go to this certain place on the road and that's where he has this encounter with his Ethiopian who's an important official and he's reading from the book of Isaiah and his chariot and Philip's running alongside and asks him, do you understand? And of course he doesn't so Philip comes in and explains to him everything about the scripture he's reading and how that pertains to Christ and the good news of the gospel. And then he stops the chariot and gets baptized and then Philip is miraculously taken away to another area and we don't see Philip again it talks about he then continues to preach in all these different towns he doesn't set up residence he keeps going from town to town like a short-term missionary a short-term evangelist until he gets to Caesarea and apparently settles down there because in Acts 21 verse 8 we have a record of Paul and Luke staying in his house, and that he has four daughters who prophesy. So as we look at this, we're looking at the power of perspective, and the power of perspective to open up our eyes to see people as all being created in God's image, that we all have things to offer each other. And a book that I've just finished reading called The Same Kind of Difference as Me, it kind of points that out as well. This wealthy man and his wife start working at a homeless kitchen. The husband is kind of full of himself at this point. He's a Christian, but he doesn't really want to hang with the homeless. And I'm not going to go through the entire book. I don't have this. But he he becomes friends with this homeless gentleman. And later on, when his wife gets cancer, he is inspired many times by how the homeless people gather and continue to pray for her and how this friend of his has stayed up all night praying for his wife and the different words that he shared with him of comfort and encouragement. And he truly no longer saw them as homeless, but saw them as people created in the image of God and people that could minister to him, not just him, to them. So that inspiration can also be part of that power perspective. Stacy Stokes, uh, my wife's sister, my son Nathan, and his future wife Brianna, she was a Cleveland at that time, also received inspiration on a short-term mission trip. They went to Haiti in 1997, and Nathan has shared in sharing his testimony how that firmed up his calling to become a missionary, and he and his wife spent 10 years serving in Cambodia. So that learning process is part of it. And the story of William Borden, and I've shared a little bit about him before, and I don't have time to share a lot, but William Borden was born into a very wealthy family in 1887. And at the age of 17, when he was graduating from high school, his family sent him on a trip around the world. So he went to the Orient, Europe, the Middle East. And during this trip, which really wasn't a mission trip, though, his heart was opened to see the needs and the spiritual needs of the people in these various areas. And a fire was lit within him that he wanted to dedicate his life to missions. And he did although his life ended prematurely dying in 1913 at a very young age of cerebral meningitis as he was preparing to go to China as a missionary with the China Inland Mission. But he did leave his own fortune to various mission agencies and his death, because he was a celebrity of sorts at that time, inspired people around the world to consider missions as an option. So what is short-term missions about? It's really about the power perspective. Getting a perspective to see that we're all created in the image of God. That we can live in a world without borders even when we have borders. And we do that by seeing all people as valuable. It also can be something that gives us inspiration to get out of our comfort zones. It can give us a different view, such as the Global Rich website of showing that actually we're very blessed in this country. And what can we do about that? We can do different things about there's an app called Operation World that you can download and put on your phone. And that can remind you of various places around the world to pray for on a daily basis. And it can help you have a world view, a world vision type attitude in your prayer. And so it can help us that if we're ever scattered, that we can preach the word. We can preach the world to the world about being created in the image of God and preach to the world about the love of Christ and the plan that he has for us. The plan to rescue us through his love. So it's the power of perspective that I want to leave you with. If you would join me in prayer. Father, we thank you that you love us. Help us to share that love wherever you give us opportunity, whether it's here where we're comfortable or whether you take us out of our comfort zone. In Jesus' name, amen.